Hello friends, it's September 19th and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, a daily podcast in which we read the scriptures and together complete reading all 66 books of the Bible in a year. Wherever you are and whenever you are able to join us on the journey, you can jump on board and be encouraged as we behold the unfolding of God's Word, which brings illumination to the hearts of those who make room for it. My name is David McAdam, and I serve as pastor and Bible teacher in Concord, Massachusetts, at the New Life Ministry Center, and also as the director of New Life Fine Arts and its ministry of theater you can believe in with the gospel of Jesus Christ at the core. We are reading the Old Testament book of Isaiah today and read the prophetic messages that he delivers to Israel and the surrounding nations. In recent days, we have highlighted how these detailed prophecies had both a near fulfillment some coming to pass within a few years after their being given, and a far fulfillment, others fulfilled hundreds of years later. There are some further prophecies that will be fulfilled in a future period of time known as the Day of the Lord, which will involve a time of great tribulation, judgment upon the nations, and the return of Christ the Messiah and his future kingdom reign. So let's get started with Isaiah chapter 30, and we'll pick up where we left off yesterday, starting with verse 12. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 12 through chapter 33, verse 9. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, Because you despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse, whose breaking comes suddenly, in an instant, and its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip up water out of the cistern. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling, and you said, No, we will flee upon horses, therefore you shall flee away. And we will ride upon swift steeds, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand shall flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five you shall flee, till you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice." Blessed are those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more, and your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, Be gone. And he will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground, and bread, the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. In that day your livestock will graze in large pastures, and the oxen and the donkeys that work the ground will eat seasoned fodder, 
which has been winnowed with shovel and fork, and on every lofty mountain and every high hill there will be brooks running with water in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days, in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with his anger and in thick rising smoke. His lips are full of fury, and his tongue is like a devouring fire. His breath is like an overflowing stream that reaches up to the neck, to sift the nations with a sieve of destruction, and to place on the jaws of the peoples a bridle that leads astray. You shall have a song as in the night when a holy feast is kept, and gladness of heart as when one sets out to the sound of the flute to go to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and the descending blow of his arm to be seen, in furious anger and a flame of devouring fire, with a cloudburst and storm and hailstones. The Assyrians will be terror-stricken at the voice of the Lord when he strikes with his rod, and every stroke of the appointed staff that the Lord lays on them will be to the sound of tambourines and lyres. Battling with brandished arm, he will fight with them, for a burning place has long been prepared. Indeed, for the king it is made ready, its pyre made deep and wide, with fire and wood in abundance. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of sulphur, kindles it. Chapter 31 Woe to those who go down to Egypt! Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. And yet He is wise and brings disaster. He does not call back His words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers and against the helpers of those who work iniquity. The Egyptians are man and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out His hand, the Helper will come, and he who is helped will fall, and they will all perish together. For thus the Lord said to me, As a lion or a young lion growls over his prey, and when a band of shepherds is called out against him, he is not terrified by their shouting or daunted at their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like birds hovering, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and deliver it. He will spare and rescue it. Turn to him from whom people have deeply revolted, O children of Israel. For in that day everyone shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which your hands have sinfully made for you. And the Assyrian shall fall by a sword not of man, and a sword not of man shall devour him. And he shall flee from the sword, and his young men shall be put to forced labor. His rock shall pass away in terror, and his officers desert the standard in panic, declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Chapter 32 A King Will Reign in Righteousness Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice. Each will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed, and the ears of those who hear will give attention. 
The heart of the hasty will understand and know, and the tongue of the stammerers will hasten to speak distinctly. The fool will no more be called noble, nor the scoundrel said to be honorable. For the fool speaks folly, and his heart is busy with iniquity, to practice ungodliness, to utter error concerning the Lord, to leave the craving of the hungry unsatisfied, and to deprive the thirsty of drink. As for the scoundrel, his devices are evil. He plans wicked schemes to ruin the poor with lying words, even when the plea of the needy is right. But he who is noble plans noble things, and on noble things he stands. Rise up, you women who are at ease, hear my voice. You complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. In little more than a year you will shudder, you complacent women, for the grape harvest fails, the fruit harvest will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease, shudder, you complacent ones, strip and make yourselves bare, and tie sackcloth around your waist. Beat your breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine, for the soil of my people, growing up in thorns and briars, yes, for all the joyous houses in the exultant city. For the palace is forsaken, the populous city deserted, the hill and the watchtower will become dens forever, a joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is deemed a forest." Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. And it will hail when the forest falls down, and the city will be utterly laid low. Happy are you who sow beside all waters, who let the feet of the ox and the donkey range free. Chapter 33 O Lord, be gracious to us. Ah, you destroyer, who yourself have not been destroyed, you traitor, whom none has betrayed! When you have ceased to destroy, you will be destroyed, and when you have finished betraying, they will betray you. O Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation in the time of trouble. At the tumultuous sound peoples flee. Then you lift yourself up, nations are scattered, and your spoil is gathered as the caterpillar gathers, as locusts leap, it is leapt upon. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness, and he will be the stability of your times, abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Behold, their heroes cry in the streets. The envoys of peace weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The traveler ceases. Covenants are broken. Cities are despised. There is no regard for man. The land mourns and languishes. Lebanon is confounded and withers away. Sharon is like a desert. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their leaves. And this is the end of our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament. From the prophet Isaiah. And now, as is our custom, we'll take a few moments to reflect upon what we just read. The prophecy in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 12, begins with the announcement of God's name, the Holy One of Israel, a title used 23 times in the book of Isaiah. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, since you have rejected this word and have put your trust in oppression and guile and have relied on them, 
Therefore, this iniquity will be to you like a breach about to fall, a bulge in a high wall, whose collapse comes suddenly in an instant. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 12 and 13. The offer of salvation was made available through faith in God's word, but that word was rejected. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength, but you are not willing. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. What other plans of deliverance can we come up with? They are futile. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. Isaiah 30, verse 18. The Lord graciously spares Jerusalem from the invasion of the Assyrians when they cease to trust in their unholy alliances and heed God's word. They are promised blessings if they remain obedient to what the scriptures teach. The prophetic language hints that Isaiah is speaking of something greater than the Lord bringing retribution upon the Assyrian king. For at the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be terrified when he strikes with the rod, and every blow of the rod of punishment which the Lord will lay on him will be with the music of tambourines and lyres, and in battles, brandishing weapons, he will fight them. For Topheth has long been ready, indeed, it has been prepared for the king. He has made it deep and large, a pyre of fire with plenty of wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of brimstone, sets it afire. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 31 through 33. A similar description of retribution is given concerning the devil, the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. In chapter 31, Isaiah warns Jerusalem again not to go to Egypt for help. Egypt here is a type of the world system built on Satan's lies. Believers must recognize that the world by its wisdom did not know God and therefore should not be trusted. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Isaiah chapter 31 verse 1. The Lord promises to bring the wisdom of this world to naught. There is a danger when we are strained by circumstances to turn to ungodly counsel rather than the sure word of God. Earlier, the Lord urged Judah to trust in him as the sure foundation stone that can be relied upon. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16. The Lord pledges his protection to Jerusalem to shield and to deliver it from the Assyrians. He will bring them low and they will flee before the sword. In chapter 31 verse 8. Chapter 32 is a bright prophecy between the fifth and sixth woes. Not only will God defeat those who oppose him, but he pledges to reign in righteousness. Behold, a king will reign righteously, and princes will rule justly. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1. Many thrones throughout history have been established through lawlessness, but the kingdom of our God and of his Christ will be established through the righteous work of the cross. There is a prophetic picture of Christ the King. The citizens of the kingdom will not be like the foolish of our day. Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded, 
and the ears of those who hear will listen. Isaiah 32, verse 3. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. No longer will the fool be called noble, or the rogue be spoken of as generous. Isaiah 32, verse 5. But the noble man devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. In verse 8. Before the sunshine era of the reign of Christ, there is the darkness of the great tribulation. In Luke chapter 21, verse 20, Jesus said, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near. The Lord gives warning to the women, perhaps because they are more likely to listen. He gives a warning of what will happen in a little more than a year from then. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse 10, Within a year and a few days you will be troubled, O complacent daughters, for the vintage is ended, and the fruit-gathering will not come. After judgment will come repentance and faith. The prophet keeps the outpouring of the Spirit and the coming kingdom in view. Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field is considered as a forest. Isaiah 32, verse 15. The reign of Christ in our hearts and in our land is only made possible through Christ's finished work of righteousness on the cross. And the work of righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forever. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. Although Assyria and Babylon will be instruments of winnowing and bringing punishment upon the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, once that judgment has been executed, the Lord promises to deal with these instruments of destruction in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 1. This prophecy looks beyond Assyria and Babylon to all who seek to destroy God's people. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 1, the destroyer refers to Sennacherib. This is the sixth and final woe in the series that began with chapter 28. Woe to you, O destroyer, while you were not destroyed, and he who is treacherous while others did not deal treacherously with him. As soon as you finish destroying, you will be destroyed. As soon as you cease to deal treacherously, others will deal treacherously with you. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 1. God promises to take vengeance on behalf of His people. The prayer of the godly remnant is found in verse 2. O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for You. Be their strength every morning, our salvation also in the time of distress. Isaiah 33, verse 2. The reading closes with a contrast between the security of those who trust in God's Word and the desolation of those who trust in human wisdom. A sure foundation is available to those who believe, that is, those who fear the Lord. And He will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. Isaiah 33, verse 6. In contrast to this, the peoples will be burned to lime, like cut thorns which are burned in the fire. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 12. Now let's go on to our reading today from the New Testament Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Christ has set us free. Galatians, chapter 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, 
and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and that the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. And if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. And this is the end of today's reading from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 is an exhortation that summarizes Paul's letter. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Christ sets us free from our death sentence due to our guilt. He frees us from our bondage to self-centeredness, evidencing the rule of sin. He frees us also from a life of self-conscious rule-keeping. That kind of life promotes further self-righteousness and removes us from reliance upon Christ. Paul contrasts the life of a believer living under grace and relying on the power of the Spirit with a person living under the law and the energy of the old Adamic nature, that is, the flesh. Paul declares that law and grace do not mix. They are like oil and water. The law had a purpose, as we have seen in the previous chapters. It was to bring us to Christ so we can receive a new life. The law spoke to those in Adam to show them their need for Christ. When we come to Christ, we retire from living under the law. The law does not speak to Christ. It has nothing to say to Christ. It cannot improve Christ's righteousness, for Christ's life fulfills the law. To think that a right standing with God is gained through entering into and subscribing to a system of law-keeping, represented by circumcision, is deception. To return to it is reversionism. It is opting for your own inadequate brand of righteousness, self-justification through works, instead of God's brand of righteousness, justification by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ. The same Christ who died for us, providing for our legal justification, rose from the dead to live in us, providing for our progressive experiential sanctification. The result of Christ indwelling us by the Holy Spirit is love. It is His life of love that is ours by faith. Christ's provision for saving us will not help us if we are trying to save ourselves. All the believer's works of the flesh have been judged on the cross. We must take up the revelation of our co-crucifixion, our co-burial and resurrection, and walk in the newness of life. The Apostle Paul calls out the Judaizers as being false teachers who are corrupting the church. They will be judged. He also reminds them that he is putting his life where his mouth is and is paying a price for standing true to the gospel. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Galatians chapter 5, verse 11. Paul says there is no other gospel than that of salvation by grace through faith in Christ's atoning work on the cross. Our salvation depends upon Christ's performance and not our own. 
Let's move on in our Bible reading tour to the book of Psalms, the Bible's prayer and song book. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 11. My soul thirsts for you. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. David is experiencing the loneliness of being hunted, harassed, and alienated by former friends. It is also a time when he is separated from the formal dwelling place of God, where the Ark of the Covenant resided. He expresses his longing for the Lord and the comfort of his presence in verse 1. We see how David is blessed when he meditates upon the Lord. He remembers former blessings in corporate worship in verse 2. Because God is bigger, he resolves to worship by faith. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4. He meditates by day and night. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Psalm 63, 6. David expresses the faith union that the believer has with Christ. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 63, verse 8. He is confident that even in these difficult times, God will prove himself to be faithful and will ultimately deal with those who seek to harm him in verses 9 and 10. May this psalm inspire you to reflect upon your faith union with Christ, even while we are strangers in a strange land, pilgrims on our way to his celestial city. Now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour today, we go to the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Parents are God's chosen instruments to teach us to respect God's authority. When we grow older and are no longer dependent upon them, they still deserve our attention, respect, and care. Let's pray. Father, your word gives us so many assurances that great blessing comes with the obedience of faith. We trust the Christ who died for us to live in us by the Holy Spirit. Teach us to walk in your ways while relying on your strength. Forgive us for the times that we have given in to worldly counsel and turned to other saviors. Help us to stand fast in the liberty that we have in Christ and remember all that he is and has done on our behalf. May we never forget that we are upheld in his hand and your hand and no one can pluck us out of your eternal grip if we are trusting in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, we've taken in some powerful facts and promises 
and hopefully have gained fresh understanding of the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. May you know His love and His life working through you this day. I pray that you are gaining a healthy appetite for God's Word. As we sign off, I want to remind you that you can go to our website, newlife.org, and you can learn more about our ministries and how you can be a supportive member of our team. You can also subscribe to a daily email where you get a written copy of each day's portion from the one-year Bible reading. And of course, we welcome any comments, questions, or prayer requests, which we receive when you write an email to podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, remember, in quietness and in confidence, in returning and in rest shall be your strength. May you rest in the reward of Jesus' accomplishment on the cross. The effect of his work of righteousness is lasting peace. Shalom.